Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Parenting in a Pandemic. This is Colin and Stacey, and we're excited to welcome with us Maggie Jobson. So Maggie, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm so glad to be on this with both of you. Uh, my name's Maggie Jobson, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor with Pinnacle Counseling in Winter Park, Florida. It's awesome. So uh, we know uh, of Maggie because of the work that um, Kathy Gibson does with Pinnacle. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're at Nona, um, we've uh, interviewed Kathy before and really love the work that Pinnacle does. And so if you're looking for a place to even potentially engage in counseling, we recommend uh, Pinnacle to you. But today we're going to be chatting with Maggie about uh, something that I think is really important that as parents we're all feeling right now, which is helping our kids process and manage the grief and trauma that's connected to, uh, yeah, parenting in a pandemic, living in a pandemic, being a kid in a pandemic. So, uh, yeah, our hope today is that, Maggie, you'd be help, you'd be, be able to help us navigate some of the difficulties that we're experiencing uh, as parents. So, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of that background for us, kind of, obviously, you have a really great uh, background in terms of expertise and education, uh, but you're also a mom as well, right? Yes, I have three children, 14, 13, and 10. And I have worked with kids um, off and on in my practice. I work mainly with women. But yeah, I've definitely seen kids and I definitely process a lot with my own kids. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so as we think about this, we wanna, as we even begin to consider this with some common language here, what, what makes something traumatic? And, and how can we identify that this pandemic is creating um, a level of trauma in our children? Yeah, well, trauma can be thought of as something that happens that is out of the normal. Um, it's, it's not something that is expected, and it's definitely not something that we're used to in our normal daily life. So with, with the coronavirus, it, you know, it came out of nowhere. Um, we're hearing about it in China, but, you know, it's removed from us, and here it comes. And you know, so many changes occurred around the virus. And so you can see there's lots of layers to how it can be traumatic, especially for children. Yeah, that's really helpful. You know, we've been talking a little bit at our church about grief and loss, but there seems to be something mm -hmm. a little bit different about this one where it's, it's not a moment, right? It seems like it's an right. ongoing reality. Uh, sometimes we talk about the idea of being in a season versus living in a climate. And this just feels like it's right. longer than we expected. Uh, the news is changing every single day and week. And so, um, yeah, as we think about this idea of grief and loss, what makes this pandemic, in your opinion, different than maybe what some other points of trauma our kids may have experienced in their past um, or could even be experiencing, you know, when they're at school or whatever it might be, what makes this pandemic unique? Yeah, I I feel like, again, there's so many layers to it. And one of the things that makes it unique is with trauma, it's usually, you know, something big happens and then it's over and then you can begin to process it. I mean, even a death as, as traumatic and tragic as grieving that loss, they're grieving something that happened and then was over relatively quickly unless someone was in a long-term illness. Um, but with this, you know, one of the things about it that I've talked with my kids about is all of the unknowns, you know, it began and they're out of school. And first of all, they're out of school for three weeks and then it's a month and then 
it's two months and then they don't know if they're going back or um, then they start hearing more about the illness and we find out that younger people can get the illness and they're seeing people with masks and it's, it was kind of building on, you know, these things were building one after the other. And so it seems like, you know, there's really not room to grieve right now because they keep getting hit with different pieces of this. Um, I know for sure my, my 14 year olds grieving, not being with her friends at school. Um, but I, I think this will be kind of that hindsight type of grief where you look back over it and you can see some of the good things that came out of it, but also some of the losses that were incurred, you know, friendships, especially being, I think one of the big ones for kids. Um, I think the isolation is big for them. They're not used to that, you know, especially in our culture where they play sports and they have activities and all of those are just halted. And so they're learning a new um, normal for sure. Yeah, Maggie, I think we're feeling it as parents with our own children that oftentimes this grief and loss that you're talking about, that it can feel really weird to talk about it sometimes with our kids. Like, why, why is that? Why do you think that as parents, we have such a hard time identifying <laughs> about that with our children? I think there's something in us that wants to shelter our children. And so, you know, we're kind of shielding them from pain and suffering. And so we don't tell them the whole story, but children are so intuitive. And yeah. I just feel like if we can talk to them really, as we talk to one another, um, they'll feel more secure. I mean, letting them into what they're sensing, right? They're sensing the change. They're maybe sensing the anxiety in a mother who's single and lost her job then well if she's not talking to them that leaves them in this kind of cloud of worry that they're not able to really talk about because again we model for them how to process things they don't know how to and so I think it's getting past our own fear and then getting past our own desire to shield them to bring them into the conversation which can then help them learn how to process what they're feeling. Yeah, I think that's, that's massive. You know, I think sometimes as parents, we can be grieving a lost job, a lost opportunity, what uh, the, the work week's going to be like uh, now that we're working at home. So we can be grieving our own stuff, right? And I think sometimes right. we forget that our kids are also processing loss um, mm -hmm. at the same time. So just a quick thought here. If we as parents want to get better at this, right? Um, what are some things that you would say, hey, these are good principles to apply when it comes to leaning in with our kids? Because I think for some people listening, the thought that their kids are actually grieving um, loss right now or experiencing trauma might be a new even concept because, yeah, they're not at school, but they get to play more video games and watch more TV. It's like an extended summer. But we know underneath that there is actually more pain going on. So as parents, what are maybe yeah. two things you'd kind of recommend uh, we consider or principles that we apply if we want to lean into empathizing with our kids and yeah, kind of exploring what levels of grief they're, they're even feeling right now. Yeah. I think, you know, when, when we counsel 
a lot of us at Pinnacle use attachment theory. And the first component of a healthy attachment is attunement. And so that's seeing a child or another person and noticing what they're feeling. And then the next step would be containment, which is I see you and I can handle whatever emotion you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And obviously we can't do that if we can't handle our own emotion. So we have to be self-aware enough to be caring for our emotions with our spouse or our friends, um, other adults, so that then we can be there for the children. Um, I think really very simple and very basic is ask them questions just simple you know what is this like for you mm-hmm. um what what do you what are you feeling about um knowing there's this illness out there are you afraid um what are your questions you know do you feel sad because you miss your friends um i did this mm-hmm. thing with my 13 year old and my 10 year old where i interviewed them and just made this little video and just kind of asked them, you know, what, what is it that you are, how are you handling this? And my 10 year old said, there are just so many unknowns that would, that was her response. And so I would think, you know, underneath that is fear. So then if we were to help them recognize they have fear, because they're children, they don't know, just like a lot of adults don't know what they're feeling. Right. But again, if we can help them sort it out and then we just really validate them, that would be the other thing, you know, ask a lot of questions and then validate whatever comes out. Don't, oh, this too shall pass. This, things will be good. You know, God is good. It's good. No, just, just validate. Yeah, this is scary. You know, mom feels kind of scared about this because. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I know we'll be okay. Um, You know, just really validating. Oh yeah. You know, I would be angry too if I couldn't play sports or see my friends. Um, So I, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's just, it's just leaning in. I like that you said, you know, how do we lean in and, you know, number one, ask lots of questions (laughs) and then number two, validate them validate what they're feeling and be curious about it with them. That's great. That's great. I'm hearing attunement, containment, and validation. I'm hearing avoid the kind of pithy bumper sticker statements that maybe we are easy to say, but don't necessarily address the real emotion that people um, are feeling. That's, that's super helpful. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what one question I would have, um, so right, like for us, our youngest is two, our oldest is almost 10. Um, and like, even within those ages, right, it, it's so different. Like I'm a high school teacher, so I interact with lots of 16 and 17 year olds as well. So I kind of run the gamut of different ages here. And just maybe some tips for, you know, maybe the different stages of what, what are just some, some simple tools, you know, that we could use and having a conversation. I love that idea of doing like a a question answer with them like you did with your kids but you, what could we do yeah. with the younger spectrum and maybe with the even older kids ways to start this conversation ways to help them process this their grief and loss yeah i think obviously you can go deeper with a teenager mm-hmm. um but thinking about like a two-year-old you know you notice like 
okay, so maybe they're more edgy and reactive. You notice maybe they're throwing more tantrums or just cranky. And so, you know, you do something, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> it's been so long. If <laughs> two-year-olds are really talking, but I think they are. Ours um, are yes. not yeah. talking. Yeah. So, and I, okay. Okay. So, you know, if you say, you know, I notice you are really angry. What, what are you angry about? And, and then I'm just going to use an example, you know, oh, you know, Zoe took my toy. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. I would be angry too. If, if that happened, um, do you think maybe you're sad? Like, does it hurt you when Zoe takes your toy? Yes. Okay. Well, well, what do you think you need? Well, I think I need a hug or even, you know, do you need a hug? So that's an example with just an everyday thing, but it's kind of the same thing and, and just giving them space. I don't think we give kids enough credit. You know, they're, they're much more intelligent, much more intuitive. And so even if your two-year-old has heard things about this, it's just simply saying, what do you think about all this? How, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about this? And then once they say something, you know, well, how does that make you feel? And just kind of doing that and modeling for them, you know, if they don't know, just kind of that curious, well, I wonder if, and then, you know, I know that if I were in that situation, I might feel like this. Um, so, and then of course, the older they get, you can get a lot deeper with the questions, right? Um, and go a little bit further with it. So, so I'm thinking about the, uh, the families that are listening to this that are going to have teenagers who are pushing boundaries, blowing up, yeah. yelling at mom and dad, uh, or yelling just at mom or yelling just at dad, uh, really upset, right? Because it's, uh, they missed prom, they, they're missing graduation, or maybe they don't have any of those things. They just were planning to get their learner's permit and that hasn't happened yet. And it is world yeah. with three in that house, right? Yeah. Uh, for us, like with all of our kids under 10, there's a, a degree of kind of, a degree, like right? Us. Yeah, we're still, like, yeah, we're for, cool. for now, right? But I'm thinking <laughs> about- Enjoy it. Yeah, we're, we're gonna soak it up. But I'm thinking about those parents with those kids that have been older. Um, how, how do we manage this tension between maintaining boundaries as parents, right? Um, right. But at the same time recognizing, yeah, when, when you squeeze a bottle of toothpaste, toothpaste comes out, what's in you comes yeah. out, right? And so uh, we're getting squeezed right now and life is tougher and our kids are feeling that. So what does that kind of delicate balance look like of maintaining boundaries and discipline with our kids, but also creating room for them to process their emotion in real raw ways, which yeah. I think can sometimes be difficult and we're all cooped up in the same house, right? Mm -hmm. So. I can imagine some families are definitely feeling that tension right now. Absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah, let's let's save some families here. I'm joking, but let, let's let's uh, <laughs> make a difference here. And yeah, what would you what would you encourage those parents with the preteens, teenagers to kind of think about our process? How do we manage that that tension? Well, I think the number one thing for all of us is as a parent, we have got to remain self-aware. Mm. And so, you know, because if we're not calm and in a place of awareness, we cannot really care well for others. I mean, that goes with spouses in this. Um, 
So if I'm aware that I'm getting really, really angry because my teenager is just being disrespectful and <clears throat> raging or whatever, I need to take some time to attune to myself before I address them, right? Mm. So so that I know, okay, I'm, I feel really angry. Okay, why do I feel angry? Well, I'm really out of control. I cannot change that my daughter doesn't have a prom. I cannot change the fact that she can't stay, see her friends. So I feel really, really out of control. Um, and then to go under that again would be, um, and so I'm feeling some fear. And so you've gone from anger to fear, right? So how do I soothe my fear before I enter in with my child? Um, and then I think timing is a really big deal. I mean, if they are emotionally flooded, they will not be able to have any kind of logical conversation. You know, whenever we're flooded emotionally, we can't address things from a cognitive standpoint. And so to go and try to reason with someone who is losing it is just unwise. So you let them cool down, you cool down, and then come back at a different time. And again, just like we've been talking about, ask good questions. You know, I know this is a really hard time. This is hard for all of us. What are you feeling? If I were you, I would be really angry that I didn't get to walk with my class or go to my prom. Um, are you angry? Do you feel angry? You know, um, and, and, and help them figure out what they're feeling. Because most likely their anger that's coming out is a symptom of them feeling out of control, right? right? Mm -hmm. Totally out of control. They can't change any of this. And so I think really just empathy, validation, compassion, curiosity, all of those things. And coming from a place of your own growth and your own sense of serenity from being self-aware um, yourself. So I think it starts there for sure. Yeah, I think that's massive. And even that comment about self-awareness, you know, we know that alcohol consumption right now is through the roof. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of addictive behaviors are through the roof right now as adults, right, are uh, coping, with, coping with their own trauma that they're experiencing right now, maybe not in the healthiest ways. Uh, we've heard information about uh, domestic abuse cases yeah. going through the roof right now too. And so it's, um, you know, between all the memes and the jokes about this pandemic, there are real people that are really hurting right now and yeah. acting out in pretty significant ways. And so that comment about self-awareness, I think is massive. Just this recognition of, man, if you have, if one, if the parent is supposed to be the non-anxious presence in the home and we're not mm. able to be that, then uh, we've probably got to start with us first before we try to kind of lean into those conversations with our kids. And I think that that, that balance is really big because I think sometimes, and, right. I, I know this has been us and, and it's been a lot of people we know that sometimes it, we can almost feel like when we're losing control of our surroundings, we try to control our kids and that rarely Absolutely. ever um, works out well. So uh, kind of a question I've got, and then we've got a couple more just to kick around. Uh, what would you say is like the one absolute do not landmine, don't do this when as a parent, <laughs> you will add fuel to the fire of your kids' mm -hmm. existing trauma after this pandemic. What would you say 
and you can say more than one, but what would you say are like, hey, do not do these things because the Red flag. Like, yeah, the, the cost of it on the other side is, uh, yeah, your kid's going to be um, feeling the weight of that into their adulthood. Yeah, we're just yeah. parents. We can we can try to do our best to avoid. Well, I, I think the first thing I would say is I've kind of already said it, but something to do: remain self-aware, mm -hmm. and do not move towards your kids, your spouse, when you are emotionally triggered. It mm -hmm. will just lead to a fight. And so I would say, you know calm and tend to your own anxiety number one because you will transmit your anxiety um and and don't enter into fights give each other space you know if if someone is is bouncing off the walls with anger give them some space and if that's the boundary that needs to happen as far as okay if you're acting like this you go into your room and blow off steam and then come back and then we'll talk about it but I think really one of the biggest things is just as much as you can do not act in your anger let it subside tend to your own emotions and then come back when everybody's calm and in a better place emotionally because you can't get anything done you know and like you said you know we don't want to create these memories for our children in the midst of a traumatic event that are even more traumatic because we're yelling or fighting or um, abusing alcohol or whatever. You know, we want to emerge from this even closer. Right. And yeah. so we do have that chance if we can learn how to talk. And good talking, good communication does not happen when people are emotionally flooded. And so that would kind of be my number one is, is, you know, be very wise about the timing about when you enter into these conversations and tend to your heart so that you can tend to your children's hearts. I love that, Maggie. I love that real emphasis of self-care because you, we really can't care for others if we haven't first allowed ourselves to be cared for. And so that, that's so great. Um, I know that in our house, often when when emotions run high we'll call timeouts and yeah you know not just kid timeouts but sometimes mom timeouts yeah. and dad timeouts like you know yeah. I, I need a break from this because yeah <laughs> I, I trust myself to be very nice when yeah. you're pushing every button so yeah that I can feel that so deeply I was that you know in that timeout idea you're teaching them you're showing them there are boundaries there are limits and as the adult in the house, you're, you're showing them it's okay to walk away. The, the trick is also teaching them, but we have to come back. We have to come back and deal with the conflict. Um, so I like, I, I love that. We do that too. <laughs> yeah. So like in our counseling, one of the things that we do is if things are getting heated, we'll put a timeout on it, but we have to agree on the time that we'll come back around to talking about it. Right. It's, yeah. Leaving it, leaving it, unresolved is is really just pushing the conversation down the road without any opportunity for connection right and i think it's such right. conflict is an opportunity for connection um, as long as we do the work there but i'm also listening to this right and i'm th i'm hearing you say things that i we agree with and, and stace and i have been for the last 10 years have been in counseling together and so there's a mm -hmm. lot of common language that we're hearing you say that means a lot to us 
the ability to learn how to talk is so <clears throat> but I can imagine there's some people listening to this right now being like, well, Maggie, we don't know how to talk and we're in a pandemic mm -hmm. now. And so that's not like that. That's even, that even just adds more, more tension around. Right. And I, I could imagine for them that on one side, it's like, yeah, we need to learn how to talk. Oh, it would have been really good to have done that before a pandemic hit, right? <laughs> and so um, if you're listening to this, I want to encourage you, if you are not in counseling, to get into counseling. And you do not need to wait for this pandemic to be over. There are Zoom calls and digital ways to get connected to a counselor. But I promise you this, that, that being able to learn how to talk and gain mm -hmm. these tools are not just important in a crisis like this, but it's important every single day um, of your life. And so uh, for those people that um, are, are struggling with this right now, Maggie, or just kind of looking at it saying, hey, all of this makes sense on paper, but then my life happens and right. uh, it just kind of all falls apart. What would you say to like the discouraged mamas, the discouraged dads out there who are just holding on for dear life right now? What kind of mm -hmm. words of encouragement would you give them where it seems like, Hey, all of that sounds really good, but I'm just looking for a life raft right now. I'm looking for yeah. something to hold on to. Um, yeah, what, what would be kind of some, some final thoughts around, yeah, how would you encourage our parents who are listening to this podcast today? I would just say, please be kind to yourself um, and take time every day. And I, I know this sounds impossible, maybe in some situations, but honestly, it could just be 15 minutes before the kids wake up, that you sit and center yourself. What am I feeling? How am I doing today? We do have an opportunity to slow down a little bit because the kids don't have to get up and be out and we're grabbing the lunches and grab, you know, we can actually slow down a little bit, have a cup of coffee, wait till we don't, don't put a bunch of pressure on yourself to do this thing perfectly. If you need a little more time, let them sleep you know, and go in and wake them up when you feel ready. Um, I mean, I, I think to encourage the parents, just be kind to yourself and look for ways that you can take a break. Um, maybe it's going on a walk and if you have a baby, you're pushing them in the stroller or if they're old enough, you know, um, mine are older so they can stay home and I can go for a walk. Um, or if you like to read, carve out some time for that. Maybe have everybody sit down with their books and you read at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, help, help them learn how to help you. Um, but just, I would just say, don't forget you're human. Mm. And none of us are doing this perfectly. I mean, I have all these tools and all these things. And I've spent years and years and years learning about this. And I still blow it. But the most important thing is when we blow it is then go back to our children and we apologize and we say, you know, we offer them, I am so sorry. You know, the way you were behaving was not okay, but the way that mom handled that was not okay. And I'm really working on it and I'm so aware of it. Um, and then you just try again, you know, that that's the beauty of the gospel, right? His mercies are new every day. So don't beat yourself up because we're all in this boat. None of us have ever done this. There's no rule book for this. Um, so take it easy and take care of yourself so that you can take care of your family. That's so good. That is so good, Maggie. I love that. Oh, that's so much good truth right there. Know, that we need yeah. to. 
Yeah, we appreciate that. So yeah. as we wrap up today, we like to do something a little bit fun with each person we bring okay. on the podcast. It is a rapid fire question. And so you can't think about it. You just got to, whatever the first thing that comes to mind, you got to go for it. <laughs> commit. Okay. Yeah, commit. Okay. All right. So okay, here we go. I'll take the first one. Okay. You ready? What is your favorite place in Orlando to get takeout food right now? Um, Thai basil. Thai basil. Ooh, like okay. Basil. Recommendations. We're big Thai people over here. What's, what's the go-to? So good. Is there anything? Thai, on the Thai basil in Oviedo or Winter Springs and their chicken Penang is out of this world. Awesome. Okay. Nice. Good to know. Uh, that's off the corner of Tuscaloosa and Redbug. Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. is great. Fantastic. So good. So, yeah, we love that spot. All right. So you're at home and you're watching a movie, maybe on Disney Plus, and you get yourself a quarantine snack. What's the quarantine snack that you are most likely uh, to go a little too far with? <laughs> Ice cream. Ice cream. All right. Good. You too. You too. Okay. Ice cream. All right, what is your current show right now that you're obsessed with? Well, um, who am I probably shouldn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did just start watching Mrs. America because Kate Blanchett stars in it, and she is one of my favorite actresses of all time. And it's about the equal rights movement of women back in the 70s. Oh, my God, my oh, sister told me awesome. Yeah, cool. Nice. yeah, it's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, if you had to be stuck in one place for this quarantine uh, in the world, where would it be and who would you bring with you? Only okay, one. I would have only one person? Only one person. Okay, I would bring Jeremy, my husband, and it would be at some like remote resort in like Bali or something on the beach. That's good. That's good. Like that. I think I read a story about somebody that went to Bali and they got stuck there. Maldives. Though. There was the a Maldives. couple. Look this up if you ever heard. Oh, okay. There was a couple who was honeymooning in the Maldives, and okay. from South Africa, and uh, South Africa would not allow them to come back. So the South African government has paid for their hotel stay for like a month. For a oh. Month. And they they've been on like a oh. week honeymoon. And they're the only people left at the resort. So they've like the entire like oh, cool. people that are there. Yeah. Like I could. Yeah. I would take. That's what, that's what yeah. inspired that question because someone is living our dream right now. So um, yeah. that's awesome. Well, Maggie, we're so grateful for you and for your time today. Uh, if people want to get in contact with you or would like to learn more about your work, uh, we'd love to kind of give you some, some space just to talk about what you do and where they can find you. Um, we're big proponents of counseling. If you do not have a counselor, uh, yeah, Maggie, just want to um, give you an opportunity to share a little bit about what you do and where you do it. Well, I'm so grateful to have had this time with y'all, and I'm a part of an amazing practice. Pinnacle Counseling Institute is in Winter Park, and our website is www.pinnaclecounseling.com, and we have nine therapists. You can read bios. Um, you can call, and most of us give um, free consultations on the phone. Um, so you can kind of get to know us a little bit before you come in. Um, but we would be thrilled to help any of us would love that. I work, I work with mothers, um, wives, women from about, you know, early twenties until whenever. So that's kind of my forte. Um, but 
really there's somebody for everybody at Pinnacle and I could not recommend it enough. I mean, it's just a special place. So that's awesome. And how are you guys handling right now with all the COVID-19 stuff? How, how are you guys handling counseling in this climate? Well, there are a few that have gone completely virtual and then there's some of us that are still going in because we are considered essential workers and we kind of, yeah, we fall under the healthcare, um, category. So there are a lot of us that are going in as well. I'm seeing probably about a third of my clients virtually, and I still have people coming in. We do a screening, but when they get there and, um, like a COVID-19 screening. So if they've been exposed, we don't, we just have to not let them in. Um, but we're cleaning and taking precautions and, but yeah, some of us are still there and then some are going fully virtual. So you have kind of a choice. Awesome. That's so great. I love that that's still accessible to people during this time and um, hope that people, if, if you're in a place now and you're listening to this and um, feel the need that you need to have somebody to talk to, somebody to process, um, it's such a great resource. Thank you so much, Maggie, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Maggie. So, so grateful for you. Um, we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Y'all have a great night. Right, bye. Too. Bye. Okay, bye.